Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to On Point. Been a little while since I've uploaded, but I've been super busy bear hunting and kind of got this one bear in my head and just been really pounding the uh, the area for that one bear. So a lot of uh, time has gone by. Not a lot of content has come out. I apologize for that. But with the uh, coronavirus, we do have a few new things that um, have come out. There's a new app called the Bowshot Bible. Uh, the guest today is Corey Haas. He will be talking about that. That's his app. And then there's also going to be a couple other companies I'm going to highlight. And I just kind of want to make sure that people are doing good, um, highlighting a few companies that I'd like to see maybe take off or try and do good, um, especially in a time where businesses are struggling. So um, if these next few episodes maybe kind of seem a little um, ad-ish or talking about a company or a product a lot, it's because it is. And I really want to see people succeed. So um, we will get back to the normal uh, stuff where we talk about tuning and all that other stuff. And this, this episode does have a lot of tuning and stuff, but I am highlighting uh, the bow shot Bible here. And I believe in what Corey has going on and that it's only going to get better with time. And that right now would be a great time to at least invest in it. So you don't have to pay the, the annual subscription. You're just grandfathered in like he talks about. So outside of that, if you guys are looking at wanting to get into your, your, your bow tuning, working on, you know, kind of being self-sufficient with your bow and arrows and stuff like that, uh, this will be a great episode for you to become familiar with the Bowshot Bible and figure out if it's something that you need to get to better uh, further yourself down your journey. So outside of that, with any further ado, we'll go ahead and start this podcast. Appreciate you guys for uh, listening, and I will see you in the end. So um, I wanted to have you on the show because me personally, I'm looking at doing better at the bow tuning stuff. And you have created this program for something that I think a lot of my listeners could use. And so um, I think it's a great idea to have you on the show to talk about bow tuning and, and what you kind of got going on, what you're building. And uh, and yeah, so I guess I'll let you take it away with your own intro real quick, and then we'll start diving into what we're talking about here. All right. Yeah. Uh, name's Corey Haas. I'm 43 years old. Uh, by trade, I am a u- union electrician uh, in the Chicagoland area. I've been hunting since I was a kid. Predominantly, I uh, started off as a duck and goose hunter. My father would take my brother and I out for that all the time. Um, how I got into archery is kind of a neat, neat little story. We're doing a, a public land pheasant hunt, and uh, my dad's buddy found an Eastern Aluminum arrow. It was a, I think it was a Game Getter 2, 2315. It had a, a hmm. broadhead on it. And uh, so that arrow made it home with us. It rode in the back of the truck with us kids. And uh, you know, I, I, I looked at that arrow and I said, man, that, that is something special. So I, I started up uh, taking up the archery and uh, picked up a recurve. And then I, I progressed to a white tail two compound, so on and so forth. First bow I ever hunted with was a golden eagle sparrowhawk. That's back when I was probably about 15 years old and uh, got my first kill and have been bow hunting ever since. I mean, bow mm-hmm. hunting has, has been my passion for, for sure. Yeah, and to be able to put something together like you do, you have to be passionate. <laughs> I mean, you can't just whip something together, basically, from what I understand of your program, and, and just like, okay, we're done, hands washed. It's like, no, there's a lot of work that went into you creating what you what you have here, the Bow Shop Bible, man. And and uh, I've, I've said a million times on my podcast, I appreciate hard work. And, uh, and to me, this is exactly what hard work looks like. I mean, you have a lot of data on your, on your Bow Shop Bible. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the passion has to be there and then you have to want to learn, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm 43. I've, I've been at the bow hunting since I was 15 and, you know, it's been a learning process ever since. And, uh, 
God, up until 2006, you know, I, I kind of did what the basic hunters do, just set, set their bow up, you know, get the field points to hit good, throw a broadhead on. And if I was with within, you know, a good group, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go hunt. Um, it, it, it took one bow. It was a, a bow tech allegiance. It was an 80 pound bow back in 2006. And I was just starting to get into the competitive archery and getting into the finer uh, points of tuning. And I could not get this bow to shoot straight. Um, it was when the binary cam system first came out. And a long story short is the the center shot, I had to have that so far away from, from the riser to get decent arrow flight that, you know, uh, it just baffled me. Um, so I, research, I researched everything and anything I could. And uh, it turned out that it was a little bit of a lemon. Botech sent me a tribute uh, back to replace the allegiance. But that kind of started the obsessive compulsive disorder of learning as much as I can with tuning. And every year since then, I've just tried to, you know, build my brain with more knowledge. Um, so at, at, at one point, I realized that I'd be going to the uh, archery ranges just to do a 10 or 15 minute tune job. And I'd end up staying for an hour or two mm -hmm. fixing other people's equipment. And because time is precious, you know, I, uh, I had to figure out a solution. So what I did is I, is I had a domain name of shootingtime.com, which was supposed to be for a hunting show. I said, you know, I'm going to take all the knowledge that I have uh, from with archery and I'm going to put it on there. This way people can go to the website and do what they have to do. And if they need any additional help, they can contact me. And that went great. Traffic picked up, um, but as the years have progressed, a bunch of uh, affiliate uh, websites popped up and uh, kind of crippled the traffic going to that website. So in my mission to help people out, I had to come up with another way to do this. And I, I thought, you know, if I can make an app that makes sense for not only people new to the sport, but even seasoned shooters, um, it would be a tremendous benefit, especially in this day and age with the pro shops uh, closing across the board. I mean, it's a tough racket to get into. It's a, se a se seasonal business. And uh, especially with what's going on now with the COVID-19, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're going to see more and more shops close. So people are going to have to be more proficient and working uh, on, on their own equipment. Um, with with the main goal of them being more lethal in the field for 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 bow hunter and if they're a competitive archer hey you know get, get that equipment as soon as you can get that uh it, it as forgiving as you can accuracy is the key you want a place if you're going to shoot in a tournament i mean uh if you can eliminate the equipment as being a, a point of blame then that is the goal it should really come down to form and execution so I designed this app to cover everything and anything. And I did it kind of with the pro shops in mind. Um, not to say it's not for the average bow hunter because it absolutely is, but there are some parts of the app that absolutely will make a pro shops work much easier. And uh, one of those features is the, uh, the bow spec database. So you could pull up any bow going back to probably around the year 2000 or so and get and, and get specs and the specs are needed for tuning the equipment um and one of the newest updates that's coming up we're gonna start adding string and cable lengths which is going to be nice and we're updating the ballistic calculator to reflect the uh, rob hummel's calculator mm. uh that you could also find on uh 
dynamicarcherysolutions.com. So his, he put a lot of hard work into that calculator and I'm honored that he was willing to let me use his formula to get that into the app because I mean, it's pretty spot on. And, and for guys that are wondering, uh, Rob Hummel is from the lethal podcast and, and he created a calculator that really does a good job of calculating heavy arrow, uh, speeds correct i mean he's because it's the heavy arrows are more efficient and a lot of the calculators don't take in that you know it takes uh, more grains to slow down a heavier arrow than it would a lighter arrow i guess is is my take on on rob's calculator is that pretty accurate to what what he created there it seems to be more accurate than a lot of the calculators that i've used yeah uh, a lot of the online calculators whether you go to realtree.com or uh, archerycalculator.com yeah um, th- those are kind of generic that have basic rules to where you know an inch less a draw length you lose this much speed Correct. Um, but it, it's much more than that Rob knew that Rob saw a problem and he spent a lot of time on mm. fixing that problem so mm. I mean his, his calculator is pretty spot on so that's interesting that's a great, great feature yeah because I was talking to Rob one time and you know he, the, uh, each bow starts off with a beginning efficiency and then so if you have a really efficient bow that's say at IBO, and if a bow has a lot more uh, efficiency to gain, depending on what you shoot, the calculators can be off. You know, I, I remember when the Prime Synergy came out. Um, one of the big things that for a short draw guy like me, um, they said our IBO retention is fifty percent better. You know, where most guys are dropping off ten feet per second uh, per inch, we're five. And I'm like, or whatever, I'm like twi- or twice as good or whatever it is. But I'm like, that's really cool because for a short jaw like guy like me, 28 kind of short jaw, um, yeah. I like that. And the bow held really well. And so his calculator or in, in your programs all take all that stuff into consideration or, I mean, what, uh, what exactly are we looking at there? Uh, yeah, so pretty, pretty much uh, what you see on his website is what's going to be on the next update of the app. Um, so you're, you're, you're just on the Bow Shop Bible app, you're going to go to the tools section. And on there, we have five tools. Uh, one is the ballistic data. You're just going to go there and, and input your values. And uh, it's going to, in real time, show you what your estimated aerospeed is, the momentum, and the kinetic energy of that setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- thanks to Rob, these, these numbers are going to be much more spot on. Perfect. Perfect. So if I'm, if I'm a guy wanting to start working on my own bow and I get the bow shop or the, uh, your, your, your app, the, um, bow give it to Bible. me. Here. There you go. Bow shop Bible. How would I be able to incorporate that into my process or, or, or learning tool and stuff like that? Well, so the, um, the ballistic data, that particular tool, how you would be able to incorporate that is, um, to satisfy your curiosities of a certain setup, uh, if you're going to go hunt for big game and you want to know exactly, you know, how fast that, that, that arrow is going to be flying. So you have a little bit of an idea of how far apart your pin gaps would be. There would be a plus there. Um, but as, as, as far as the entire app itself, uh, if you want, we could, you want to go, go, go through the app, like, uh, tab by tab and start going through it sure yeah because i i know there's a lot there and um i i think it'd be cool to give a guys an idea uh, that what i want to do is cre- you know break down a barrier or a wall that guys maybe are afraid to start working on their own stuff and show them that there's tools out there 
like the Bowshot Bible app, that can help them get their foot in the door and really start making it easier on themselves. So, Right. So the, the way it was created was with uh, everybody in, in mind, just like I said, from a pro shop, uh, Bowtech, um, all the way to the guy that's just getting into it, that that's not afraid to work on his own equipment. Mm -hmm. And as we said before, that's going to become more and more of a necessity as pro shops, unfortunately, close or the distance between, you know, their, their house and the pro shop is two or three hours um, to go over the basic interface of the bow shop Bible. Um, the first tab is going to be bow specs. And when you click on that, uh, you'll be able to access the full catalog of bows, even discontinued uh, bows going back to about the year 2000. So uh, you're going to be able to pull up uh, the specs and the main specs are the axle to axle length, the brace height, and then the speed. And in the near future, we're going to have the cable, uh, cable lengths, string lengths, and the yoke lengths. Um, so that that's more catered towards the pro shop, but a great feature for anybody that just gets a bow and they need to work on it and they need to uh, find that info without searching Google. Sometimes that takes quite a bit of time. Did you um, say the uh, axle to axle was on that part too? The ATA yeah, line? correct. Okay, yep. that, that's that, that's important stuff. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much the main one. I mean, if you were to ask ask me, you know, if you if you're going to get a boat to spec, I mean, that is definitely the main main one you're going to want to check out there. Um, moving down from the bow specs, we have the tools tab, and there we have the ballistic data, um, which is going to be Rob's calculator there, which is going to give you, of course, your speed, your momentum, and your kinetic. Um, Next one below that is uh, the arrow FOC. So, you know, if you want to build a higher F, uh, high FOC build arrow, you could input your numbers and see what you're actually at. Um, there are three more tools and the stabilizer wizard is the next one. And I actually came up with that and that's more geared towards a competitive archer that's shooting the long front bar and a back bar mm -hmm. um, because I have been that guy that, has had my rig set up with a 30 inch front bar, maybe a 10 or 15 inch back bar. And I got it to where I wanted it to be. And I was happy with the way it felt, but it was time to experiment. And sometimes when you up the total weight of your rig, that bow is going to stand target a lot longer. Um, so the idea of the stabilizer wizard is guys are going to be able to set their rig up the way that they like it. They're going to be able to input their value and they're going to get some key numbers. Uh, one is the balance from grip percentage. And then uh, if they shoot a V-bar in the back, it'll tell them their lean percentage. But the bottom line is they're, they're going to get those key numbers, lock those in, and then they could up their total weight while keeping that perfect feel. So that's that's really a time saver right there. So pretty proud of that. So what you're, uh, what you're saying there, uh, Corey, is, is so if I have, um, let's just throw some numbers out there, um, 14 ounces on, I don't know, I'm just throwing numbers out there, 14 ounces up front, and then you have eight on the side, um, and then you want to go heavier, and you want to make sure that ratio is still the same. It's going to give you the correct amount of ounces to move up or down. Yeah, I'm actually doing that right now. So if you have a 30-inch front bar and <laughs> 14 ounces on the front bar. Yeah, I'm just pulling numbers out of my butt there, but yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. And then and then the back bar, let's say you have uh, 14 ounces is pretty front heavy. Um, but yeah. the uh, back yeah. bar, let's, let's – well, I mean, a lot of guys shoot a bow that's front, front heavy big time. Um, but let's say you had 12 ounces on your back bar. That would give your balance from grip percentage to be 29.76. Mm-hmm. 
um, and also gives you your, your total weight. So you could actually lock that in mm-hmm. and then you could adjust your weights up and down and it will keep that balance from grip percentage at 29.76 and it'll allow you to add more uh, weight while keeping that feel just perfect. So I think for ultimate success for a lot of competitive archers, um, they want their stabilizer set up to be as heavy as they can have it while being comfortable and while not fatiguing. So basically you've, you, you, you find what feels great for you. You start to up the weight until you start to feel the fatigue. And then you might back off of that a little bit mm-hmm. um, because actually, and then in the stabilizer section of the app, I have a video to where I actually show um, with the aid of a laser of how the uh, higher weights will keep your bow on target. So it's really neat. Um, so that's definitely a great feature for somebody who's trying to, uh, you know, get that perfect score. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm, I'm going to start actually playing more with stabilizers here. I've been talking with my buddy, Sean from spider and we're going to start playing around with, with uh, a bracket and side um, sidebar and everything like that. So um, I'll have to definitely take a look at that and just see what we're looking at there. Yeah. And I, and I actually just got this Mantis X8 archery uh, shooting analysis system, uh, got got sent to me and this this is going to be pretty cool to even uh add to that uh process this is actually uh something that's going to show you how how your bow reacts during the shot so definitely looking forward to uh incorporating that into the app Hmm. so that uh hey if the more tools the better that's gonna you know get get you dialed in for sure but uh, moving forward in the uh, uh tools section cable tweaks uh that's that's basically just a chart that's for when you're um, getting your bonus back or adjusting the sink and the timing. Um, mm-hmm. That's just going to give you a cause and effect, you know, twisting the cables, increases draw weight, so on and so forth. Um, so that's a handy reference there. And then the. So I got a um, question for you on it before we move off of that. So there's different, obviously there's different cable systems out there. So let's talk about a Hoyt real quick. Um, let's say um, if I'm a guy who's wanting to learn about my bow and I have access to a bow press and I'm getting a tail left would your app be able to help me fix that? Or is there anything on there that you're going to have that's going to allow me to know how to fix that, what cable to twist and all that stuff? Oh yeah. Um, when it comes to that, um, you're kind of getting down into the tuning and the arrow section of the app. Okay. Um, um, the, the way I designed it is for the old, the ultimate setup. And, um, let me see. Um, I actually have that in the tuning info section. Uh, it's the bow tuning timeline. Okay. Um, and you could actually, it's chronologically listed. Um, and it goes down. I think I have, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's pretty deep here. It's got 19 total steps. <laughs> but um, that's that's going to take you from um, getting your bow to, well, max, max your bow's draw weight. First, first and foremost, uh, get your bow spec, time and sync, all the way down to um, building your arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people um, say, ah, you know, you, you, you absolutely need to bear a shaft, tune, tune your bow. You know what? If, if, if you look at the uh, order that I have things in, bear shafting is part of it, but we bear shaft pretty much when we knock 
uh, tune and not index our arrows. Um, when, when we do that, that's when we establish that the, dy the dynamic reaction of every arrow is going to be the same. Now, this is prior to fletching. Um, so when, uh, you know, when you, when you talk about um, the bear shafting, unless you have done that in the early stages of building your arrows, Bear shafting really isn't as effective as some people may think it is because if if you took six arrows and you you took one and you know let's say five five are fletched and you cut the fletchings off one and say hey I'm I'm gonna see how a bear a bear shaft flies you shoot it well that's not necessarily going to give you an accurate uh, indication of how that arrow is flying because of the way the spines are on these arrows. Um, you could twist that knock an eighth of a turn, a quarter of a turn, and get a completely different impact. Um, you could go from uh, tail right to tail left, to tail you know tail high, right. tail low. Um, but if you follow the chronological order of uh, what we have here in the app, uh, it really simplifies it. And as soon as you have all dozen of them um, knock tuned and knock indexed, then you're ready for fletching. And what's what's once they're fleshed, you 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 verify that and you should be good. Uh, I do touch on in the app that um, if you change disciplines and go to shoot a different arrow, let's say if you're going to shoot a USA archery shoot or something where you have to tweak your equipment a little bit to accommodate a different uh, diameter arrow. But, and then you have to return back to a dozen arrows that you had did that process with. I suggest to keep one arrow bear shaft. Um, that matches all the other fletched ones. And that's when you can dial your equipment back into that bear shaft and the rest should be great. Hmm. See, what I see a lot, and you bring up a great point, and I've played around with this a million times, is in, and it's a big assumption. You have a dozen arrows, typically a guy buys a dozen arrows. And then they'll fletch a bunch of them and then they'll have one that they bear shaft, just like you said. And based off of that one bear shaft, well, the rest of them must be good. And that's a huge assumption. And usually... It's wrong. <laughs> so for me personally, like a lot of times in my process has been like years in the past where I will basically buy a bunch of arrows and then, you know, depending on how much time I have or how in depth I want to get with it, I'll do the knock tuning and bear shafting at the same time. And I'm not going to hang my hat on one arrow. I do every single arrow because mm -hmm. I don't know if I just pick the shitty one out of 12 or if I bought a cheaper or let's just say brand X arrow that has a really crappy spine consistency and whatever they're just a low grader arrow or i got a bad batch or something like that um it, it even rings even more true you're hanging your hat on one arrow on a really crappy batch of dozen that's gonna you know it could bounce a couple thousands between arrows so yeah and and man i mean uh garrett we we go into great detail in the uh arrow section i'm gonna pull that up here um the recording arrow data section of this app um if you watch that video and read that text, you'll you'll see how even a high dollar arrow. I mean, we we test my four points, so we test mine: zero, ninety, one eighty, and two and two seventy, and we document that. And off them documentations, you you could spot out the one or two that might not play well 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 with the other ones. You know, you may have two that are extremely mm -hmm. weak, extremely suffered. You know. Um, so that, that, that just goes to show you that these arrows are not perfect at all. And um, you cannot bank on one bear shaft arrow to 
indicate how the other ones will fly. Now, let me give a disclaimer here. Um, if you have a guy that's primarily a, a, a bow hunter and, uh, and he wants to check his uh, rig, um, he most likely, if he has six fletched arrows, he could shave off the fletchings, uh, shoot the bear shaft. And, you know, if, if it's within reason, he knows he's good. If it's crazy off, you know, knock right, knock left, then he knows that something's up. Um, and he, he can make a field adjustment to get it to look good. And, you know, he's shooting fletched arrows, uh, probably close yardage. He should be fairly decent. But if you talk about your competitive archers that are going to do a field course, shooting expensive arrows, uh, shooting out to 85 yards, now things are a little bit more uh, important as far as getting dialed in as good as you possibly can. So hmm. um, that's why um, the uh, chronological order of building those arrows to me is very important because uh, you're setting yourself up for success with that. Yeah, I totally agree. It just seems like on, on a lot of my builds, I get one or two problem children out of a dozen. And oh, yeah. it's either spend an hour on each one of those arrows and figure it out, and then eventually just make them a blunt arrow or <laughs> a field tip arrow or whatever. Or or you just – me, I'm, I'm just busy, and I if I get two that are just causing me issues, I'll just screw them. I'll just use a fill, point, fill points with them and have fun and do stupid shots with them. But um, – yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear that you guys have your own bow tuning and arrow process. I didn't know you guys had the arrow process on there, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go over the sections real quick just to paint the picture for the people listening here. So we, we, we kind of covered bow specs, and then we covered the tools. Uh, the next section is the archery knot section, and uh, I thought of every and any knot that you would want to tie and I have them all in there. Each one has a video except for two, like the simple ones. I just have a quick animated GIF of it, um, like a clove hitch and a lark's head. Mm -hmm. um, but but the main ones, I have uh, detailed videos uh, along with the an animated GIF, as well as a write-up. Um, and we have 10, 10 knots there. Um, so we pretty much cover everything that you'd want to uh, use as far as knots for tying in equipment and there is a bonus one that i came up with it's a bow sling knot um hmm. i i made this bow sling knot with d-loop material and uh man i'll tell you what it, it works out great so there's really no no need to go buy you know an, an expensive bow sling uh if you have d-loop material and you follow the knot that i show you it it, it cinches tight around the riser and since d-loop material is pretty rigid man it just like stays in place and it's just awesome so i mean it's a it's a it's a cheap way to get a bow sling on there um and then moving forward we have the installation section tuning info and then the arrows so the installations the tuning and the arrows are the bread and butter of of the app um with the installations we go over how, how to use two different bow presses we use the uh we show how to use the Specialty Archery Pro Press and then the Last Chance Archery Easy Press. Uh, we go over the parts of the bow. Then basic things, uh, D-loop, setting peep, sight height, uh, fixing peep orientation, which uh, we all know that we have encountered that where the peep <laughs> twists. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I show three ways to correct that, uh, a couple of ways that you can do real quick out in the field. And then the ways that I, I've done it, um, in-house including like walking the strands um and then 
we go over installing uh, the, the, the three different kinds of rest, uh, fixed rest, limb driven, cable driven. And then last three installations would be bow sling, uh, which you think would be very, very minor. But uh, if you put a bow sling on too tight, guess what? You're going to have torque issues. Hmm. Um, and then the stabilizer section is pretty neat. Uh, that's also where we have the slow-mo video uh, that shows the difference of the higher weights versus the lower weights and how it keeps your bow on target. And then a really cool section, which is installing sights, first, second, and third axis. And uh, we go over how to set that third axis at full draw. Mm -hmm. uh, that, for a 3D shooter, man, that that's pretty important there. And, you know, just like with all, all these sections, you got the high-quality video, which is only found here, here in the app. I mean, you can't go to you, you, YouTube or anything and get them. So the videos are here, here in the app, and they, and they walk you through it. And I... I, I spent a lot of time on them trying to get them absolutely perfect. So they should absolutely, absolutely help a lot of people out there. Um, moving to the tuning section. So the tuning section is my favorite, of course. Um, once again, we cover using the two different bow presses um, and then adjusting draw weight, draw length, understanding arrow flight, which I'm going to touch on that later. Uh, bow tuning timeline, getting a bow to spec, setting the timing and sync which is pretty important. Yoke tuning, cam shimming, paper tuning, beer shaft tuning, torque tuning, walkback tuning, creep tuning, and broadhead tuning. So there, I have a couple of favorites in this section. Uh, for bow hunters, the broadhead tuning page is a must-see. Uh, the video in there shows two different ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the popular way is uh, forcing the bow to have the same point of impact out, out in the field. So, hey, you know, my field point, my broadheads are hidden, hidden the same spot. Well, I hate to say it, but um, that, that can hold true for some bows. You can have excellent arrow flight with your field point and excellent uh, flight with your broadhead and have the same point of impact. But that's very dependent on the quality of the bow and the amount of hmm. la lateral and for vertical knock travel. Mm -hmm. um, so I show that way and then I take it to the paper and I would like to think that I coined the, the, the phrase lipstick tuning. So with the lipstick tuning, you're actually going to take your broadhead arrow and you're going to uh, edge the veins of your arrow with lipstick mm -hmm. and you can put a little dab at the center of the uh, broadhead as well if you wanted to. And then you're, you're going to shoot it through paper. And let me tell you, after you uh, did the force of the point of impact out in the field, if you take that bow, which you think is good now, now put it through paper and see if it is good. Hmm. A lot of people are going to be very surprised because what you did out in the field is you forced two completely different arrows to have the same Im impact. An arrow with a field point and an arrow with a broadhead, uh, aerodynamically, uh, even spine Spine-wise, uh, dy dynamically, they they can be very different, and they not they shouldn't necessarily fly the exact same. So, um, mm -hmm. one of my beliefs is that uh, a bear shaft arrow is its own arrow. A fletched field point arrow is a completely different arrow, and a fletched broadhead arrow is a different arrow altogether. And if you want to shoot them as good as you can you're going to set up your equipment to shoot that arrow. And with, with the lipstick tuning, you are going to see the best broadhead flight that you have ever seen. 
So I guess go into that a little bit more in detail because the common train of thought is, and, and you see it all the time on all the Facebook threads, a bow, a tuned bow will shoot any broadhead. And I'm like, really? Um, no. I'm going to say no because I'll, I'll challenge that. Let's shoot a gobbler guillotine 100 yards. All right. I'm, I, any, end, end of yeah. conversation. It's going to impact different than than a 200-grain uh, Maasai. Yeah. I mean, you can't you, blanket statement that. <laughs> I mean, have, let, 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 let's go to if you have a me- mechanical that 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 sits uh, at, at five eighths of an inch in flight versus uh, one that looks like the he- head of a shovel. I mean, a, mm-hmm. a big old two blade, you know, um, mm-hmm. those are going to have different aerodynamic uh, qualities. And when the thing is, is people don't see what happens in slow motion. And, and one of the benefits of this app is I explain it to you and then I show you at a thousand frames per second what happens. Mm. And the biggest thing is this. Uh, these compound bows have cables. The cables have to be held out of the way of the arrow by the cable guard. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when, when you're drawing that bow back, those cables want to s- straighten out. Okay, So what that does is that actually twists that riser dr- during the draw draw stroke draw draw cycle and uh, and when you release that arrow that string path is an elliptical path now so the actual string on a right-handed bow if there's lateral knock travel it's going to move in towards the riser and then back towards the rest at the point of release that left to right to left movement wreaks havoc what it does is it creates bend in the arrow. That's when the dynamic reaction comes into play. And it, it changes the uh, center of the broadhead or field point versus the center of the knock at the point of release. And that's how we have our flight problems. Um, so, you know, we, we show how, why a right tear is a right tear and what to do. And then we show it to you in slow, slow motion or, if it's a uh, an arrow that has too much bend during the power stroke, um, we show you why and we show you how adjusting the power stroke with cam shimming can can correct that. So that yeah, there. I mean, dude, there is so much in this app. I mean, it's really hard to pick it apart and go over all the cool things. Um, so uh, I'm gonna try to get back on track here. Yeah, no worries. Um, but yeah, and yeah, and, and after that statement, I mean, I I have been able to get my broadheads and fill points, you know, to shoot together and whether, whether I'm forcing that, um, just to give it, you know, a different perspective, maybe just to, I used to really rely on paper tuning mm-hmm. and, uh, and then one of my buddies who I learned a lot from here locally, um, very accomplished target archer and hunter around here and was worked at one of the bow shops. He's like, why do you give a shit where, you know, how you fly through paper if you have really good aero flight and this, keep in mind this guy worked on bows for a living um plenty of championships under his belt um he actually didn't care whether his broadheads and fill points hit the same he didn't care because he's like i'll just sight in for broadheads but my aero flight's perfect with both of them is what he was saying i was like that's really interesting because for me i i have a different mate trying to thought on that because i'm like well i never know when a hunt's going to surprise me like I want my shit to hit the same. I don't want to have to keep sighting in differently, right? And and the common train of thought is, is if you have a tomb bow that your stuff is going to hit the same. So there's a lot of discrepancies out there. I mean, and I've got to the train of mind where 
when I can, and when, like you said, whether I'm forcing it over by moving my air rest or something a little bit, which I do, um, if I have to micro, not ma- major adjustments, right. but micro adjustments, um, you know, I'll get, I got four different broadheads in my quiver right now for bear, four different broadheads in my quiver, one quiver. So I'm just playing around with shit and just trying to figure out, you know, what, what broadhead am I, am I going to grab when that bear walks out if I get a shot? But, um, all of them are hitting within an inch at 40 yards of each other. I mean, they're all really close together. They're not smacking as if they're all the same head, but they're all extremely, extremely close. And, um, I guess, I guess what is your actual stance on that? Cause it sounds, what you're saying is kind of going against the grain, but I, I definitely agree with a lot of it or all of it. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess what is your actual stance on a tuned bow versus arrow flight? And, and forgive me if you've already um, stated this, but I just kind of want to wrap around in my head. Right on. It, it, it kind of goes back to the thing that I said about a Fletcher with a field point is different. a completely different arrow than an arrow with the, with the broadhead on it. Um, if I was going to come out and bear hunt with you, um, I would decide, I would decide what broadhead and arrow build I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would, I would make sure my bow bows to spec. Um, and I would, uh, I would, I would put that broadhead through paper. I, I would lipstick tune that, that, that broadhead. I would do it at two different, uh, uh, distances just to make sure I'm not catching it in a cor- uh, corrected, uh, hmm. moment. Um, what would those distances be? Uh, you know, I, I did a study on paper tuning and, uh, I found that 12 feet shows the biggest, uh, discrepancy or the, the biggest bend, biggest flex, you know, if your arrow's not flying perfect, that was with the Hoyt that was going back a couple of years. We actually took shots, um, starting with like eight feet and we went two feet back every time. And we, we charted the rips in the paper and we found that 12 to 13 feet showed us our biggest rip. And then as you got back to 26 feet, it was a it was a per- perfect hole. Um, so I typically go 12, 13 feet around there. And that's, and that's where I'll, you know, when, um, shoot, shoot through the paper. When you guys did that, you guys play with dynamic spines at all during that whole thing. Like, um, if you had a too stiff of a spine, did it, did it, did it change the distance from the paper versus having too weak of a dynamic reaction or did you guys play with it? Cause that's a really interesting thing. Yeah. You, you did there. Yeah. No, no, we didn't. It oh. was kind of a spur, <laughs> spur, spur of the moment thing. Copy. You know, you, you know, it was a it was a buddy's bow. He he was he was gonna go go and hunt with, and uh, we just decided to do it there. We didn't yeah. we didn't have too much time to do it with uh, different builds and whatnot. But uh, but but by all means, I would absolutely take that arrow that that I'm gonna hunt the bear with, and I would lipstick tune that. Okay. And at the at the end of the the the, the lipstick tune, I would be absolutely proof positive that the center of my knock and the center of that broadhead in flight. Mm-hmm are right in line and that's what we're after we're not after a porpoising arrow we're not after an arrow that's trying to fishtail and correct right um and i believe i heard you talking to greg pool on a previous podcast about i don't know if he he, he had mentioned that he he had one broadhead that, that that shot well and then he put another one on and he's like nope what yeah, did. <laughs> yeah at, um, at like 85 yards or 90 yards. <laughs> yeah, and I... Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I heard that, but knowing what I know, I, I'm I'm like, uh, man, well, maybe you need to tune the bow to that particular broadhead. That My my belief is that you can, and you could get any broadhead you put on there. You can adjust the equipment to have that absolutely perfect because when it comes down to it, like, like I've said a couple of times, hmm. um, 
when you change the aerodynamic qualities of that arrow, you put a different head on there, it's going to react differently. Sometimes. I, I, I can, I can attest that. Cause I, there was one year where I was testing. Um, I had the one year I had that synergy. It was, it, it was so far outside. I mean, it was way outside, but it was shooting broadheads. I shot, went to the range and I was shooting kind of doing like a Greg pool thing. I was testing a bunch of, I had four or five broadheads that were, I could only shoot one broadhead at a time because I would have smacked knocks or, or, or just ruined broadheads or ruined arrows. I was just killing it. And all the way out to 80, I was shooting, but there was one broadhead out of five that kept hitting differently, although it kept hitting the same spot. It just wouldn't group with the other broadheads, and it was a muzzy trocar um, versus a tooth of the arrow versus a, uh, God, what else was I using? A black hornet. <laughs> Um, I forget what I was using, just a bunch of different stuff, a kudu. Um, and for whatever reason, that muzzy trocar just didn't want to hit with the other arrows. I don't know why it wasn't, it's not a bad broadhead. I mean, I've, I've used them there. They fly, they fly, fly fine. Um, but it was just kind of interesting that, you know, the aerodynamics of an arrow or the drags, you know, everything's a little bit different. So I, I've always struggled with, well, yeah, they can shoot. They all shoot. But if I really wanted to, I could shoot probably whatever broadhead I wanted. And whether I'm taking that one and then I'm sacrificing those four others over here that are probably going to hit more consistently in a smaller group than this one, I can still shoot that one just fine. But I'm going to have to commit to that one. So Yeah, I, I think the most important thing, though, is penetration. Mm. You know, and of course we, we don't see it with the human eye, but if that arrow is in the correction mode still, by the time it hits the bear or the elk or the deer, you may have uh, impact flex and you may, you may cripple your penetration. And the, and the case in point is uh, once upon a time back in like <laughs> 2004, um, I don't know how old you were back then, but um I had a hundred pound draw Matthews <laughs> Safari bow. Okay. And, and <laughs> I had probably a grossly underspined arrow. I, I was shooting an ACC 371 with a 125 grain tip. And, uh, <laughs> it, it was going to be my first kill on tape and, you know, a, a doe came in. All right. So I, I drew back chip shot, 20, 20 yard shot. I ended up shooting it right in the heart and ran off and died but I didn't get full penetration. Hmm. Now I was shooting a freight train at this thing, man. Why didn't I blast through the far leg? Uh, well, what happened, I was getting fletching interference and that created porpoising. So when that arrow hit, I'm willing to say that I twanged out a lot of kinetic energy there and that crippled it from burrowing in and through. So um, that's why I, you know, I just keep going back to if, if you lipstick tune it, you know that you have absolutely perfect broadhead flight. And when you're out in the field, you know, that's it, man. If you're going to have the absolute best chance to penetrate through, through that bear, because you know that the center of your knock, the center of your broadhead, right. they are flying perfect. I, and, and I think a lot of guys, um, I've heard it hit quite a, quite a bit of times on other podcasts lately, but, and, and I totally agree with it. That arrow flight is probably one of the number one, probably not one of the number one that doesn't make sense it's one of the top factors if not the most important thing when it comes to hunting arrow is arrow flight you can have the best heaviest arrow ever built but if your knock isn't following your broadhead kind of like you're saying center is center it doesn't really matter what you're using because if you slap it at a 45 degree angle you're not going to get a pass through 
I, it just doesn't matter. If your arrow's at a 45 and it's straight in front of you and it's coming in half halfway sideways, then good luck. I mean, it's not going to make sense. So arrow flight for me is, and that's been a big reason why I've been wanting to get better at the bow tuning. Um, it, cause I've been, I've been pretty in depth into the arrow stuff. Um, and it sounds like you listen to the podcast a little bit. So I've, I've talked arrows a lot. I've really tried to dive into it. I've invested, you know, in, in a few pieces of equipment trying to get better arrows, but really my, my personal weak spot is the bow tuning stuff. And so, um, and, and a lot of that comes from the bow. I mean, obviously. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, that's why, man, you definitely have got to dive into the tuning section of this and, uh, check out that, that, that timeline. And, you know, we, we, we have a lot of things in here that, uh, that the competitive guys are going to love, mm-hmm. uh, um, not just the paper tuning and the bear shaft tuning, but torque tuning, walk back tuning and creep tuning. I mean, these are lesser known tuning techniques that when you're uh, at a tournament, something like torque tuning, that can eliminate a lot of your left and right misses. I mean, it's really neat how how it works, man. I Mm. mean, to draw draw back and literally twist that riser Mm -hmm. and put that pin right on the X and shoot and have it hit that X and then twist it the other way and do the same thing and have it hit that X, you you know that in the, in the mo- moment of the shot, if you happen to torque it, you've, you've got a little bit of for forgiveness there, and it, it can definitely help. I, I'm so, curious what you're referring to as creep tuning. I haven't heard that term. Yeah, so so the creep tuning, um, you, you ever been at full draw and shot, and then next shot, you're at full draw, and you notice that you forward a little bit and shot so that that means coming off the back wall just a little bit okay well uh what we do with creep tuning is it's more of a fine tuning of the timing um or the sink of the bow and you could literally set it to where if you creep forward from the back wall versus holding tight hard against the back wall you could have the same vertical impact hmm. so so you won't have the up the high and low misses. I was going to say, so, I notice when I creep or if I do creep, I'm usually high and I don't know why. I mean, I'm not in that area yet, but I just noticed that I, I tend to float high. If I ever have any creep, it just it might not be a lot, but it's definitely my error seems to go high. Let me take a reading from the bow shot Bible. <laughs> Section five of creep tuning. If the creep shot impacted higher than your hard back wall shot, you need to add a twist to the bottom cam's cable. This will advance the bottom cam's cam rotation, uh, adjust the bottom's Mm -hmm. cam cable until the creep shot and the back wall shot impact the same elevation. Really? I like that. See, there we go. We're learning. And, and there, (laughs) and there is a video. So that's really cool, man. See, that's the, that's the stuff I like. And, you know, to be able to help a guy, this is going to tremendously speed up learning curves is what this is going to do. This is going to shave years off the process, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. And I, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm 43. I'm, you know, I got two kids. Life, life is stressful. I forget things. I have referenced my own sections just to make I sure. Do, I do that too. I've gone back and listened to my old YouTube videos. Like, what did I do there again? <laughs> it's right. like, oh yeah, that's well, okay. <laughs> so um, forgetful sometimes but yeah that's one, i love that i love that you have that you're able to just pull up the answer of me saying well oh, okay well boom 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 here's why okay that makes sense so i love that i love that 
Absolutely. And then uh, the one thing I wanted to touch on uh, in the tuning section is uh, the understanding aeroflight section. There is a video in that section that took me over three weeks to make. Um, it's predominantly, well, it's actually all slow-mo video showing you why what we do does what it does to the dynamic reaction of the arrow and the arrow flight. Um, and it's, it is eye opening because you can't see it unless you look at it in slow, slow, slow motion. So what it's going to do is it's, it's going to help concrete the understanding of why what we're doing works. And it, it should really take your uh, tuning level to, to the next level. I mean, it should really, make things make sense hmm. to put it frankly. Yeah. I like it a lot. So what else do you have in there as far as, um, and I'd be curious to see, and this is just because I wasn't, you know, working on bows back in 2004 or anything. I wasn't doing anything like that. Um, have you noticed a change in, in, in like a center shot or anything like that for measurements? Cause a lot of guys just go by 13 sixteenths and just set it to that. And I hear that all, all over all sorts of forums. I'm like, well, that can't be, I don't know if that can be every bow. And this is coming obviously from a guy that doesn't work at a bow shop or anything. 13 sixteenths. I mean, yeah, it's a great starting point for, but that can't work for every bow. Can it? I mean, and that might be a kind of an ignorant statement, but no, 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 it's fine. Uh, yeah. 13 sixteenths is the industry standard pretty much. I know that that's what Matthews goes by. I think that uh prime is at seven eights and they, they all may vary a little bit, but that's pretty much where the engineers design it to be. Okay. That being said, I have had bows um, to where that isn't where it should have been. I, I had a Matthews bow once to where it should have been in closer, maybe even like five, five eighths. Um, but that, that is the main setting that you want to touch last. Um, when it comes to tuning the equipment, um, you want to set that to whatever they recommend. And let's say it's 13 sixteenths. And then you're, um, you're going through the process of building the arrows. And, uh, and when you're building the arrows, that's when you're actually going to be, uh, messing around with cam shimming and, uh, mm. getting, getting those arrows to, uh, fly as good as they can at 13 sixteenths. So if you have to move the power stroke and when I say power stroke, I'm talking about the, the, the string, um, and you could also say the cam, um, you're going to move that over to where you're getting the optimal flight. Um, so, you know, when you exhaust cam shimming, that's when you can then go to adjusting and fine tuning the center shot location. You can start going a 16th uh, of the way towards the riser or away from the riser to try to fine tune that in. Um, unfortunately, some bows aren't designed as well as they maybe should be. And you could exhaust all means as far as yoke tuning, cam shimming, um, and you could move your arrow rest, uh, further than you want to. That's when you can start messing with the dynamic spine of the arrow, um, by changing the build of the arrow, making it bend more during the shot or bend less. So, mm -hmm. um, there are definitely a ton of options out there, but by far the thing that people should focus on first and foremost is adjusting the location of the power stroke. And, um, when you, when you watch that section of, of the app, you are going to see it in, in real time and slow-mo and you're going to see 
why it's doing what it's doing, how the bend gets induced into the arrow, how the center of the field point versus the center of the knock can get out of a line or back in line and give you that great arrow flight. Um, and not all bows are created equal. So there's something called la lateral knock travel, which we already touched on, but that knock end, I mean, it can move in towards the rise or then back towards the rest during the power stroke. And on one bow, that could be pretty extreme, and that creates more tuning issues. And then you take a bow like, like a prime bow. Prime has done an outstanding job with almost eliminating lateral knock travel completely. What that does is that allows you to shoot a, a wider variety of spines and still have that center of your point and the center of the knock stay right in line. Mm -hmm. So um, knowing what you have and uh, understanding how to correct things, I mean, it's, it's, it's big time. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to, to getting this, and especially when you have the uh, Rob Hummel's calculator on there, because I get asked all the time, how fast do you think I'll shoot with this? I'm like, I have to refer people to an archery calculator. <laughs> I'm like, I I don't, you know, I, I could give you a ballpark, but I mean, guys really want to know how fast a bow is going to shoot before they buy it. And it's like, well, you know, the shop should be doing you a service when making that decision. They should be, you know, if it's important to you and speed's that important to you, they should be chronoing if they want to sell a bow. So... I don't right. Opinion based uh, there. But, you know, that's just coming from a guy. If you're trying to help a consumer make a decision and he's wanting to know how fast he's shooting, he shouldn't have to go, which I'm happy to help, but he shouldn't have to go to a guy on Instagram because the shop's not willing to give him that info. It doesn't make sense. Right. Um, plus, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's very important info. If you're a competitive archer, um, some tournaments you shoot, there are yep. speed limits and, and you've got to be within those, 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 those speed limits. And, uh, we, we also touch on, um, we, we have tutorials on a couple different softwares. So we got software for archers expert, um, archers advantage, and then the archery program pro, mm -hmm. um, we, we show you how to use these programs as well. So these also give you real-time, uh, you know, speeds. So that's that's another tool that you could use uh, in addition to ROBS. I mean, you know, if you can't afford those software programs, use ROBS. It's going to get you real close. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. So does your um, or will your app eventually have the um – like differences in camps between models. So like back when PSC had the uh, X force and they had like the HF and what was it like the GX cam or something like that? Are you going to have all the trying all the spinoffs of each cam system or models like a turbo versus a, a you know, an ultra or something like that? Or um, what, what, to what extent is your app going to cover bows and, and be able to encapsulate as many bows and cam systems as possible? Um, as far as covering individual bows themselves and having like a dedicated section to each bow, that's, that'd be pretty, uh, time consuming. Oh yeah. And I would love, I would love to do that. Um, but I really don't see that happening in the future. Un unfortunately, um, we are going to add, uh, some bow specific, uh, tuning, um, sections, probably at the bottom of the main screen. Um, Elite has sent us a cure, and, and the cure is a pretty nice bow, shoots great. Um, but a lot of people could benefit from a very detailed video on how to set that cam up for draw length and whatnot, and how, how to use their set system. Mm -hmm. So, something like that could be in the works for the future. Um, 
but since I myself don't own a pro shop and I don't have uh, access to a wide, wide, wide variety of bows, I mean, it'd be pretty tough to do that as well. Um, but yeah, if, if anybody has a suggestion, um, by all means, send, send it to us and we'll, we'll see if we can incorporate it in somehow. And if we're not going to do that, we have tremendous support, uh, through a bunch of different routes. Um, there is an about section on the app to where you can leave direct feedback. We have the website that has a forum on it. We have a Facebook group. Um, got, I had a phone call this morning from uh, a gentleman who's who's got the app and he was trying to troubleshoot a right tear and uh and i pulled over and i talked to him and and we got it shooting good you know and this guy's yeah this guy's gonna go shoot some very big game and he's he's uh concerned about getting in zero flight perfect so you know i took time with him if 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 we have the time we are going to address it asap you know and try, try to help people out that's pretty cool. So, somebody in the, is this an app that you have to buy, or do you just download it, or what's the uh, what's the deal there? Well, here is the thing: the Bow Shop Bible um, took us over two years to make. Now, that's not full time. Uh, I, I have a full time job and a family, and my developer has the same thing going on. Uh, so, um, it's been very time consuming. So, the price is at twenty nine ninety nine right now, and currently, it's at a one time price. So what that gets you, uh, whoever buys it now uh, gets the ultimate resource as it is now without a subscription fee. Because of the fact that we're going to have to update the bow specs, we're going to be adding sections as time goes by, we may eventually go to a subscription fee to where you you might pay the first 20, 29 bucks, and then it might be 10 bucks per year to cover the updates. Mm. Um, but if people get into it right now, they're going to be grand, grandfathered in. So, I mean, the time to buy it is now really. Um, so if somebody and, buys uh, it now for 20 or 30 bucks, basically 20, 29 sure, 99, sure. Yep. they're yeah, going right. to not have to purchase the future updates. They're just going to be grandfathered in and they get it all for free in the future. That's what I said. Really? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man <laughs> of my word. Okay. So That's cool. um, That's cool. I, I'm, I'm not the coder, but uh, my buddy Matt Rundy is a is is doing the coding on it, and he's done phenomenal work. And uh, uh, if we do go to that model, uh, it's it's going to be on his plate. But uh, we are going to do whatever we can to make it to where those those people who bought it now are going to be grand grandfathered in. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, but uh, I do have to give a couple shout outs here. If yeah. you don't mind. No worries. Um, yeah. Now, with anybody that gets into archery and bow hunting, um, you know, the main thing is finding men mentors. And uh, I, I just want to give thanks to the guys that have gone out of their way to help me when I was coming up and help people still. Um, that's your 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 uh, Randy Ulmer, your George Riles. Uh, uh, actually, Eric Newman's been a tremendous help, help with this app. He's kind of been my quality can control guy on this uh tim gillingham uh has gone out of his way and put many many things out there as far as arrow building and whatnot um so i definitely wanted to thank those guys um because that that's what keeps the spirit going i mean we all have to be in it together i mean the brand loyalism can create feuds and whatnot but <laughs> yeah i mean the main thing is we need to help each other become more accurate and in turn, that's going to create more recovered game if you're endless blood, blood trails. So that's that's kind of like the spirit of the app. 
I, I like that. And, and this, you know, what I hate about the forums is that you get red team, blue team, purple team, whatever. You know, it's just it's, it gets tribal real quick. And this app isn't a forum where people can go dump their garbage on and give their opinions. It's just here's what it is. If you need any more help, give us a call. Right. I mean, there's no right. there's no Joe Schmo being able to add information on there. It's not Wikipedia of archery. So it's it's just a it's a legit app that, you know, if I wanted to go figure out how to fix the left tear on my Hoyt Power Max, I could probably learn how to do that real quick on your app. Absolutely. And, and as far as being like the brand loyalist, um, don't do it. I mean, I, 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 I've shot, I've shot the majority of brands out there and back, back in 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. it was kind of a black eye for Bowtech with the split limbs and stuff like that. Um, but I will never swear them off and they have some killer bows out right now. And I, I will probably shoot one here, here in the next year or two um so yep. you can you should never write off any kind of brand at all no i mean i've had i've had and and, and and the folks that have followed the podcast and stuff they, they're aware i've had some um issues with the budget bow it didn't really go my way it wasn't i wouldn't call it an absolute victory um but um that doesn't mean when i do bow reviews in the future like i did this year i gave Botech a pretty good pretty damn good reviews and i've done that the last couple years despite having a btx blow up three times on me so um you know it's it's easy to get biased but when you're trying to be objective kind of like what you're doing you're just being objective you're giving the specs you're you know there's not really much room for bias because a bow is going to shoot what it's going to shoot whether you like it or not and so um there's not really much room for bias i mean if you like to be two inches outside of center shot i'm sorry that's not going to work whether you really like to be two inches outside or not. <laughs> it's just not going to work. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've had, I've had guys, guys from pro shops say, I ah, don't worry about paper tuning, just do a walk back tune and call it good. And I'm sitting there thinking, Hey, if I just spent 1200 bucks on a bow, mm-hmm. I want that arrow coming out of the gate straight. You know, um, we had some problems with, uh, well, say the Matt, the Matthews Chillard before they put the top hats in there, mm. um, mm-hmm. man, they they just created some issues, man. A, a lot of right tears, and a, you know, a lot of people would say, hey, you know, you just got to take the fixed plate off, throw throw a rage on there, and go <laughs> go go and shoot, you know. It, yeah. But let's just mask yeah, an I'm, issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> really, for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, and one of the Chillard is one of my favorite older models of. Uh, I mean, my buddy still shoots one today, and I see I see guys eating those up still. I mean, they, I like that bow. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, with Yeah, but no, no, no. Chillar when the first Chillar came out, I don't believe that they had any way to shim shim them cams. And I think then mm. the next year they 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 put the top hats. They in, fixed it. I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because prior to that, you had to get real creative. I mean, <laughs> God, I saw I saw nuts and nuts and bolts. Al from California, he was saying in a in a thread, he's like, yeah. You gotta, you gotta take the bow apart. You gotta shim underneath your left uh, limb on your top limb set, and then that's going to give you what would be, you know, moving the cam to the right. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm like, wow, man, that's pretty extreme for a brand, a brand new bow, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, but. well, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to bring in the light before we wrap this thing up here, Corey? Yeah, let's see here. Um, not really. Um, 
if if people wanted to find out more about the app, um, feel free to go to the bowshopbible.com. Um, okay. um, we've got quite a bit of info there. And then the Facebook group is a great place to go to talk to people who are, already have the app. And uh, that's about it. Um, but but the bottom line of, of the app is uh, it should help out both competitive archers and bow hunters alike. I mean, the main thing is getting the bow as accurate as possible, uh, eliminating the equipment and bringing it down to your actual shooting form and execution is what the app is about. Um, but there are just, there, there are so many uh, deep sections on here. I mean, it'd be impossible to cover everything, but uh, yeah, by all means, uh, the, the, the price of it, when, when you're talking about buying an app, I mean, it's up there, but it's up there for a reason. Um, because it took took over two years to make, and it's what you have that's in it. It is so valuable when it comes to uh, learning and getting that equipment tuned as good as you can. And when comparing to other products out there on the market, I mean, I think Jesse Broadwater has a video series right now with USA Archery. I think that's at 77 bucks. Hmm. So at the price we have now, especially with being grandfathered in, uh, it makes total sense for not only pro shops, but anybody who's concerned about uh, increasing their su- success rates on yeah. the field. Well, what's the what's the Facebook uh, page? Is it just Bow Shop Bible, or, or how do people find the Facebook page? Yeah, just go on to Facebook and search Bow Shop Bible. Um, okay. And one should come up that's just a page, but you want to find the group and then join join the group, and then you you can post questions and whatnot. Perfect. And Absolutely. how to, is there a way to get a hold of you if people have questions or concerns? Yeah, you could do it straight from the app in the about section. You could leave direct feedback, which we check daily. Um, you can uh, go to the Bookshop Bible group on Facebook. You can go to the website, um, which has got a forum. Um, and I'm pretty sure my phone, my phone number is there as well. So, I mean, do you have an Instagram um, account for it or anything like that? You know, I do, but that's one realm of <laughs> social media that I haven't perfected yet. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, but I know that that's where it's at and that's where I should focus. But yeah. yeah, a lot of guys really, get, um, like, like after they'll listen to the podcast, it seems like DMs are, are where people get a hold of um, the guests the most common. So um, if, you, if you do uh, and, and you get one set up or something like that, give it to me later and I'll make sure I slide it into the, to the uh, description section of this episode. And so guys can find you on there for sure, man. But I, well, I know you and I've talked about having you on for a while, man. I, I finally appreciate you putting it together with me on short notice and, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I bet, I bet you see my subscription come, th- come through very soon. So I think I could probably get you a copy of it. Garrett. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate <laughs> I it, man. You, I appreciate it. Absolutely, buddy. I do appreciate you. Having me on the podcast. All right. So. Well, uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. And uh, be sure to go check out the Bowshot Bible. I think it's going to be a great tool, and it's only going to get better with time. So You got it. All right. Thanks, Corey. All right, buddy. Thank you. See ya. All right. All right. See ya. All right, guys. That's this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you guys haven't yet and you want to leave a review, um, I plan on doing some really cool uh, coming out of the coronavirus. I, w- I want to do some cool giveaways, kind of celebrate uh, getting over this crap and just kind of moving forward and, and helping other people move forward. I want to kind of do some cool giveaways. So I'm working up something in my head, not really sure what it's going to be yet. Um, it, you know, it could be big, it could be not so big. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to try and work with some of my buddies that have products or, or companies 
and see uh, and just see what people are willing to do. Just kind of throw some things out there. So uh, I know very, very broad, very unspecific, but um, it's very early on. I don't want to promise anything that I can't cash. So outside of that, appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, five stars is the max. Love to have it if you think we deserve it. And if you, if you can leave a description of, of why you left a review or, or what you liked about the podcast or what you didn't like about the podcast, you know, just leave a review. Let me know what you think. What can we improve on? What do you like? What do you want to hear more about? All that stuff is super valuable. So outside of that, appreciate you listening, and I will see you on the next one. Bye.